Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, Eric Bischoff here, and have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host John Alba every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight-up business talk here, no fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And, hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now. And listen at adfreeshows.com. Do you love wrestling podcasts but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at nine bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. You know, I get the question all the time, Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? 
well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house but you think, you know what, it's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code 83 weeks at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome to 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. This is Paul Bromwell and we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, Eric Bischoff. Eric, how are you this week? I've missed you, man. Yeah, it's been a while since you and I have had a chance to do one of these shows together. It's good to see you again. And, uh, yeah, Mrs. B and I are doing great. Uh, we've had a fun weekend. We're kind of cooking. And we're in a mood to cook this week. So yesterday was uh, was the second time we've tried a uh, – it's called a Chinese pepper chicken. It's a stir fry. So we tried it a couple of weeks ago. We really liked it. But yesterday we decided, as we often do with recipes, is to kind of tweak it to make our own. So that was yesterday, and it turned out fantastic. Today is going to be a Thai venison stew day. So really, Mrs. B was firing that up, you know, getting getting ready and and prepping everything before I came out here to do this this morning. So uh, I'll be very anxious to try the venison Thai stew. Should be awesome. Sounds like, uh, sounds like that's going to be delicious. It is. It's grilling season. We're firing up the grill around here too, man. I couldn't wait to do this podcast with you today. My kids have been on spring break for the last week and they are absolutely driving me nuts today. So Eric, your smiling face is just what I needed on this day. Can I tell you that? Wow. Well, I don't know if that's good or bad for you. I mean, if, if, if looking at me is giving you relief, then uh. You got to go for a jog or something, man. Take take the kids to the zoo. Yeah, right. Well, you got and you got some travel. Are you doing uh, the Vegas trip with Conrad this week too? I think he's going to be. Yeah, as this podcast drops uh, Monday morning, uh, full transparency, we're recording Sunday morning my time, afternoon your time. Uh, Yeah, I'll be on my way to Las Vegas at my flight leaves at seven a.m. Monday morning, but it's going to be a quick turn. We're getting in. I'm going to get in Monday. Uh, we're going to be uh, presenting at the uh, National Association of Broadcasters Convention on Tuesday. And then I'm pretty sure Conrad's bugging out on Tuesday afternoon. I may have to stay till Wednesday morning just because lights coming in and out of Cody are tricky and tough to get. So we'll see. Sounds like a, a good time. Great opportunity. Conrad just continuing to uh, move this thing forward, man. Really looking forward to uh 
Top Guy Weekend, which, by the way, if you're not a member at Ad Free Shows, get on board, Eric. Chicago, it's coming. It's been announced. We're going to have a blast. I know you already did uh, a live event for Ad Free Shows and heard all the excitement from some of the guys there. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, and then each one of these events gets uh, more and more fun. You know, we we figure things out as we go, and it gets a little little more seamless uh, and and better organized, and just you know, the family, the Ad Free Shows family, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and and they've all they're becoming friends and networking, and large groups of them are coming in, and it's it's really it's like an annual family reunion at this point. It's, it's a blast. Well, Eric, as I was doing some research for the show this week. I realized something, and I don't know if you realize it or not, but did you know this coming Saturday is the official four-year anniversary of 83 weeks? April 30th, 2018, Creating the NWO was the first episode that launched. And wow. uh, yeah, four years. Wow, it's gone by in a minute, hasn't it? I mean, it's, Wow. Yeah. We, we, what is that? We, we have four years of 52. So there's going to 200 and we'll call it 208 weeks times an average of about 200 or two hours a show, usually more, man, we've got some content floating around out there in outer space. It'll be around forever. You're going to be able to hear this sultry voice in this. And, and, and I'll be enlightening generations of fans to come long after I'm gone. So that's a, uh, that's kind of a cool, not being gone is not a cool thought, but knowing oh. that this library is going to exist forever. It's kind of yeah. cool. I did yeah. it. So many stories, so many great stories, lots of laughs, lots of good time. And today we're going to have a few more laughs. Unfortunately, some of it's going to be at your expense, Eric. Oh, those are the best kind. Come on, man. <laughs> now, here's the deal. Four years ago, four years ago when I first started, I wouldn't have had the same attitude about what we're about to see. Right. Cause I, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit before when Conrad and I first started, I was kind of, I came into the podcast with my guard up and my chin down. Right. And, and I was defensive. I was waiting for the shots because I've, I've had, I've been having shots fired at me for the last 30 years. And I'd never really had an opportunity to really fire back the way I wanted to, or the platform in order to do it. So when I first started, I was, I was pretty defensive and I, I had a harder time laughing at myself, whether it was silly things that I did that were meant to be funny or mistakes that I've made, you know, poor decisions I made, all of that stuff, you know, it's, I grit my teeth and I dig in, you know, and, and then somewhere along the line, you know, maybe six or seven or eight months in, I started just going, fuck it. I'm just going to have fun doing this. And it was really cathartic because the more fun I allowed myself to have, and I kind of, instead of coming in like this, I just kind of dropped my hands, lead, led with my chin, and just started laughing and having fun. So, yeah, it's been a, this whole thing has been just so cool. Yeah. I, I use the word cathartic, but it really is the only word I can think of. It's just a, been a slow process of being able to look back at some of the, stuff I've done and not just the great stuff and talk about how smart I am, but maybe, you know, all that shit, but I have more fun making fun of myself and laughing at myself than I do talking about all the great things we did. So have at it, my friend, fear not. Oh, We're man. in this together. We'll be both laughing our asses off. And that's what I've been looking forward to this. Cause we are going to have some fun today, Eric. We're going to have a lot of laughs. 
We're going to talk about that last episode of TNA that you were ever on. And yes, we're going to watch it together. Did you ever think that you'd have to or want to sit and watch a full episode of TNA together on a podcast? Uh, you, you know, I, well, look, when, when was the last, I think 2014 or 15 was my last, uh, I mean, long after this episode, you know, I was still in TNA for a while sure, behind the scenes. But I think yeah. it was about 2014. I think, um, we, we parted ways, but in 2014, who, the, who knew about podcasts? Mm. Who, who would have ever suggested, Hey, guess what? You know, in about seven years or so, eight years, you're going to be sitting down with this cat by the name of Paul Bromwell and you're going to be streaming. And I, my first question will be, well, what is a streaming? And how does one go about doing a streaming? You know? Yeah. And well, no, it'll be part of your podcast podcast. Now, granted podcasts were around and I think Stone Cold Steve Austin had one of the first wrestling related podcasts and it was funny as hell. And actually my son Garrett, we were traveling somewhere with TNA. We were on a road trip somewhere, going to an event. And my son was the first person who said, Hey, have you heard Steve uh, Austin's podcast? I said, well, what, what's a podcast? He goes here, let me show you. And I laughed my ass off, but I never thought I'd have a podcast. It would have never occurred to me. Well, you're here and you got a podcast and I would say it's a successful one, Mr. Bischoff. And, and we're going to have some fun. Like I said today, we're going to watch the show together. We're going to, of course, read some observer notes and thoughts. And then we're going to answer some questions along the way too, uh, from our avid listeners. Cause they got a few for you. Uh, we're going to have a good time. So I want to set the stage, uh, for those of you coming into this, we're going to do a watch along from Eric's last appearance on TNA television. And, uh, this is our first watch along of an impact TV show and definitely our last Eric. Uh, I say that tongue in cheek, who knows? We could go back and watch more down the road, but we're two weeks out from lockdown, which you and Conrad covered uh, last week. And the week before the show uh, had a 0.96 rating. It was the lowest in months. And it's written in the observer that it's a disappointing rating, especially coming off the second biggest pay-per-view for the company. There was an NBA game and that's the blame, but that can't really be super encouraging. No, no, isn't it funny though? Because now today, fast forward, you know, Dave Meltzer is a AEW surrogate. I mean, let's let's just face it. Let's call it what it is. It, it is, and it's so fucking obvious that only the most delusional among us would would argue about it. Um, he's a pro, he's 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 there to promote AEW, and that's fine if that's what he chooses to do. Just don't also call yourself a subjective journalist because you're not. Anyway. But now it's like the minute there's a dip in the ratings, you know, Brandon Thurston and, and Dave Meltzer are rushing to their to their keyboards, trying to figure out a way to spin, you know, bad news and blame it on the NBA. But of course, you know, back when it was TNA and because Eric Bischoff was involved and Hulk Hogan was there, well, he took a whole different approach. But anyway, enough about Dave. Uh, yeah, we'll have plenty to get to. Yeah, we're we going to have there's them, plenty of there's sure. plenty of material to work with here. <laughs> well, listen, we got Flair seems to have taken your place as the manager of the heel stable and even says you were one of the greatest innovators, Eric, in the history of the business. My God, that's a turnaround from 1998, isn't it, Eric? Uh, well, Rick, yeah, well, look, even a guy like Ric Flair, it, you can resist, you can fight it, you can deny it. Only up until a certain point, 
And then regardless of your personal feelings, one has to acknowledge greatness. And that's what Ric Flair was doing. <laughs> Finally got it straight. Took him a minute. Boy. Yeah. Took him a minute, but that's all right. But this is going to be fun because he announces that this is a tribute party for you. And here we are. This episode also sees Kazarian and Daniels begin uh, a whole blackmail angle with AJ Styles. Open fight night is launched last week as well. The concept is a non-TNA wrestler will appear and challenge anyone on the TNA roster. For those not familiar with that, there's three judges. If they decide they like what they see, they'll be signed to a contract. What did you think about this one, Eric? And who came up with this idea? Um, it was my idea to integrate it into the show. I'll say myself and Jason Hervey. Um, again, we, Jason and I were, were, were heavily involved in producing non-scripted television for a variety of different networks. We had a lot of success doing that. And we were trying whenever we could to take elements of what was working in non-scripted and kind of find a way to weave it in to freshen up an otherwise stale format. The wrestling format has been around forever. And every once in a while, you've got to find a way to freshen them up to stay relevant and stay current. So this was our attempt. And, and I, and it was also, I think the catalyst for it really was Jeff Jarrett was doing some, um, I don't know what the, what he called them. I can't remember the name of them, but he was actually promoting tryouts around the country and, and scouting for talent. So it was like, well, Jeff was out there doing that. And we, you know, this, we've got a pretty good idea for, you know, a segment within the show to bring that kind of sense of reality to, to the forefront. Well, let's just kind of merge those two things. So I can't tell you exactly whose idea it was, but it was a combination of, Jason and I kind of working on new elements for the format. Jeff Jarrett kind of doing something that, well, hey, how do, what if we just made this stuff work together? So I think a lot of the credit would probably have to go to Jeff, probably to Jason and I for figuring out a way to execute it yeah. um, and add some detail to it and, and all that. But I think the concept really, it probably had to start with Jeff Jarrett. I'm going to weave in some of the uh, fan questions as they pertain to the topics we're covering. Fran Francis Reyes weighed in here and he said, did you think the gut check and the open fight night concept worked? And what would have you changed about it if you stayed longer in the company? I, I actually, I think that it did work. And um, I, I think the basic conceit, the idea, conception was really great. It was, I mean, it was fundamentally solid storytelling and a great opportunity and, and a functional one at that because you could bring somebody in and you could kind of, in a real situation on live television, get a sense of how the crowd was reacting to them and, and, and get subsequent feedback. So I, I, I don't know that I would have changed anything. I think I would have, it's one of those ideas that I honestly think had it had, had there been more of a commitment behind it? Sometimes ideas are things that, you know, you start out, you go, oh, man, you hope this thing is going to really, really, you know, get a great reaction, pop the rating a little bit, and, and continue to build. And sometimes that happens. Most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time when you introduce a new segment or an idea for a segment, you've got to stick with it for three, four, five, six months. 
in order to see if it's really going to work. If you go into it and go, hey, we're going to try this. And if we, if we pop a rating next week, we're going to do it again. And if we don't, we won't. That's typical, you know, short-sighted thinking. You, you see a lot of that in, in the wrestling business. But um, I don't know that I would have changed anything, man. I, I went back and watched the episode, Eric, as I was getting ready for this. And I thought I saw gut check. I saw open fight night and I thought, wow, yeah, they're trying some things, throwing up against the wall, see what sticks. Did you think it could have been maybe too much all at the same time? Possibly. Are, yeah, possibly. It's a yeah. lot to digest as you're, you know, a traditional wrestling fan who watches wrestling. Then they see, okay, I can get behind the open fight night. And then, oh, the gut check, too. It just felt like just a lot of change and a lot of trying out all wrapped in the, you know. In, well, and, the, and they were kind of similar in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, gut check. And I think that's what Jeff called them, by the way. Um, the, the difference, and I don't know that, you know, the sensibility that I'm about to try to explain ever made it to the screen. Let's face it, no matter how much sense something makes on paper or to the person whose idea it was or the people whose idea it was, um, if the audience doesn't see it, then it's not true. Meaning you, in your head, you could go in and go, yo, the reason we're doing this is because of this. For example, Open Fight Night was a idea, a creative idea that was really designed to help be a platform for new storylines, right? Yeah. You're coming in to challenge me. Well, why are you challenging me, motherfucker? Well, I'm challenging you because of this. Oh, really? Okay, bring your shit. Don't forget your boots and come on. That's the that's a that's a uh, 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 an instigating moment. You know, that's a catalyst for an act one. So it was really designed as a platform. A, a new way of kind of launching into a story. Whereas gut check really was about trying to find new talent that wasn't necessarily storyline driven. So there were two different things with two different goals, but they felt very similar in a way, didn't they? It was just two, like you said, different things and new things at the same time going yep. on in a wrestling show. Well, the observer chimed in and said, the problem with TNA is the overall vibe of TNA is that nothing matters. Is that a valid criticism of TNA at that time, in your opinion, Eric? I, I don't know. It's a subjective opinion of Meltzer's, yeah. but what do you mean nothing matters? Uh, I don't know what, I, I don't know the context. Yeah, I mean? it's, just, it's just, he's saying that nothing matters as far as maybe coming up with storylines or there is no kind of common thread or the world title. It's not the focus. It's just a lot of free for all with open fight night, gut check. Uh, I don't know. Just him just saying that it just felt like there was nothing that really mattered or caused you to want to continue to turn on the TV every weekend and week out and kept you there. Uh, as far as the storylines building weekend and week out. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time talking about what may or may not have been happening inside of Dave Meltzer's head. So let's move on. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Let's make sure your thing matters with Blue Chew. It's time to dig yourself out of that winter hibernation, guys. Spring is here, and it's time to get sprung with Blue Chew. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. And guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Isn't that right, Eric? You know, it's funny. I've been a big advocate of Blue Chew and a user now for about four years and could not be a a happier customer. And Mrs. B could not be happier as a result. But it's funny when you, you know, when you talk about a product like Blue Chew, which is, you know, a male performance enhancer, I guess. Maybe that's a category. I don't know. Um, It's all about performance. You know, and here's, a lot of people, especially when we first started thinking, it's like, oh, you can't get it up. Oh, you're having problems in the bedroom. Oh, this. Oh, you're getting old. No, dude, it's none of that. For me, I had zero of those issues. For me, it's all about performance. Everybody loves performance. You want a high-performance car. You want the best electronics and technology you can get. What happens when you go out and buy the best computer? In my case, it's a Mac I've got a beautiful new Mac, but guess what? You've got to update the software because the hardware doesn't work if the software's not up to date. And I kind of look at Bluetooth as my software. Every once in a while, my hard drive isn't driving because I got other things in my mind. I'm distracted. I'm busy. I'm tired. But whatever the excuse. And then when that magic moment occurs and you go, what? Put everything, hold the phone. We got some time for some fun here. I want to update my software so my hard drive does its job. Because my computer, I don't care how great your hardware is, if your software isn't up to date, shit, nothing works right. You got a $6,000 computer (laughs) sitting in front of you with a screen that looks like something in a movie complex. But if your software isn't up to date, your performance drops significantly. And I want all the gigahertz and megabytes and all that shit I can get when it's time to roll with Mrs. B. I love Blue Chew. Can you tell? 
Oh, you're a passionate customer. So take advantage of what Eric said. It's time for you to do that software upgrade to get that hard drive running hard. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. The exact same, Eric, but it's chewable and fraction of the cost. You can't beat that. A fraction of the cost. Take it anytime. Day or night, you can plan ahead so that you can be ready, as Valvina says, when that opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's. No awkward conversations that you don't want to make eye contact with. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. The tablets are made right here in the good old U.S. of A. Prepared and shipped direct to your door. And listen to this, a discreet package. That's right. No awkward interactions with the mailman. So if you could or benefit. Or mailwoman. Or mailwoman. Because woman. who knows? That's a right. Woman go, oh, I see this guy's getting blue chew delivered to his eye. <laughs> I guess he's got trouble, you know? <laughs> so if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we got a special for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code 83 weeks at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. You can't beat it. That's bluechew.com promo code 83 weeks to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more and important safety information and de details. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. As I said, you can't beat it. Or if you want to beat it, Blue Chew can help you there as well. How <laughs> oh much? That's the other reason I love Blue Chew. We get to have so much fun. It's such a great product. <laughs> it is. What a great product. Thank you, Blue Chew. Thank Appreciate you. the sponsorship. Eric, here we go. We've arrived. It's April 26, 2012, and we're calling this one Bischoff's Farewell. Not sure who the creative genius is that came up with that title, but this is it, my friend. So if you have the Impact app, you want to watch along with us, fire it up. We're about to launch it April 26, 2012. Eric, are you ready to do this, my friend? I am ready, willing, and able. All right. As soon as we launch it, I believe it's Hulk Hogan going over some stuff. So we're going to listen to audio. We're going to listen to some audio. There's lots of fun interviews throughout this show. So with all that said, April 26, 2012, you can pause the podcast if you want to catch up with us there. Eric and I are going to get started in three, two, one. Wrestling presents Open Fight Night. And here's what's going down. I promised you change. Change is here, and everybody fights, brother. The entire TNA roster has been put on notice. Who will call out who? If you get called out here at Impact Wrestling, you're going to have to come out and fight. Nowhere to hide, and you better step up. Plus, Gut Check has gone prime time. There's going to be a talent outside the TNA roster that's going to get an opportunity to come on this show and wrestle. One unknown wrestler will have the opportunity to step into the national spotlight. If my judges like what they see, and I like it also, they're going to get an impact wrestling contract. And Hulk Hogan decides which TNA champion will defend their title tonight on Impact. I really want to hear what the fans have to say. Which champion? 
want to see go out here. It's a night of firsts as Impact Wrestling's Open Fight Night starts right now. Well, that was a hell of an open. Yeah. Here we go. Here's Hogan with a speech for the crew. Let's uh, take a listen to this one too, Eric, because I'll share some uh, comments after this. The first ever Impact Wrestling Open Fight Night where anyone can challenge anyone and you must fight. And on this once a month episode of Impact Wrestling, even my champions are going to get called out and even my champions are going to fight. No, it's not ridiculous. It's really happening. And you know something, brother? It could be you, champ. Beautiful Gala could be you. Aries, you could be called out. And the greatest tag team of all time, your number could be up. And one of the toughest decisions I'm having is which champion is going to step up. Because I know all my champions can deliver. That's why you got the straps, because everybody's carrying their load. And you know something? Mr. Rude, I know how bad you want to prove yourself night after night. Yeah, 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 Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Gail, I know how you feel. Nobody can even lace your boots up. I do agree with that. Mr. Aries, you're in a league of your own without a doubt. This is true. Speak the truth, and Samoan Joe and Magnus, you guys are going to be chance for a long time. That's why it is so tough for me as a new general manager to lay this on you the first time out. So with a ton of thought behind my decision and the way things have gone, especially after our last pay-per-view lockdown, I really, really feel... <laughs> Joe and Magnus, you guys need to shut up or put up. Congratulations, guys. Well, you know, the one problem I'm having is there are so many teams that want to challenge our champions. You know, it's going to be a long night for me. I'm going to listen to a lot of whining and complaining and a lot of people stepping up to get their spot. And so when I think about who it could be, you guys deserve nothing but the best. That's why maybe it could be the machine guns. Maybe it could be Anderson and Hardy. Maybe it could be even ODB and Eric Young. And you know what? Kaz and Daniels, they smell blood. I'll let you know right before bell time. So get ready. You know what? I might not even let you know until the opponents are coming down the ramp. So I want to welcome everybody to Impact Wrestling Open Fight Night. Let the fighting begin, brother. There we go. Open Fight Night is underway. What a young Nick Aldis there is Magnus. You know, it's ironic because I was just texting back and forth with Nick right before we started recording. Kind of cool. 
Isn't that cool? Time is a funny thing, you know? It is. So uh, let's read some immediate thoughts here uh, from The Observer. I won't say his name. He goes, immediately this concept is a joke because you got ODB and Young out there who are supposed to be the women's tag team champions anyway, which pretty much renders the entire idea of belts uh, as a prop and uh, to begin with. Hogan called Joe and Magnus the greatest tag team of all time, which just came across ridiculous, given they've only teamed for a few months. It's one thing if Hogan is a heel, since a heel isn't supposed to have any credibility with what he says, but he's not. And the public reaction has to be that he's just full of shit carny. And whether that's true or not, you don't want people to think that about the babyface authority figure while you're watching the show. What say you, Eric, about this creative? Does it make sense? The ODB and Young thing? Let's hear it. Um, you know, I don't want to drill into it too much because it's just another typical negative, you know, Meltzer comment. He's an advocate for anything that happens on AEW. He's an apologist for anything because because they like him and they and he's got friends there and they acknowledge him. You know, he's made Tony Khan dirt sheet booker of the year two years in a row. There's a love affair there. So Dave's criticism, and I've said this to Conrad, you know, you've got to realize that Dave is, you know, super negative to anybody who doesn't embrace him who doesn't pet him on a regular basis you know if you don't walk by and pet him on the head then you know he's he he's very negative and i've i've always called dave out going back to probably the early 90s i pointed out to the audience what a fraud he is and still enjoy doing it to this day so you can't take anything dave says too seriously or analyze it because a lot of it is not really worth analyzing here's here would be my own critique of that segment um and it had nothing to do with ODB or overhyping uh, all this in Samoa Joe because nobody watching it at home watches the show with the kind of angst and negative perspective that Dave Meltzer does. Um, it was just too long. It was too much. There, there was too much dialogue in there. You could have achieved the same thing. Actually, you could have ach- achieved a better reaction or impact, no pun intended, with less narrative explain what it is put everybody on notice allow them to react to that by some of them will be excited about it some of them probably not so much let that emotion sink in and then get out i think there was just a little more detail a little more narrative than was necessary and i know for me it started losing me about halfway through yeah. Because I knew in my mind, it's like, okay, you made your point. We know what it is. We know how it works. Get the hell out and let the audience wonder. You know, that's the thing that gets lost, I think, a lot of times in creative is, and I learned this, I don't want to say the hard way, but I learned it, I, I guess it was just something I learned along the way, you know, through experience, is the more that you can get the audience to ask questions about something, the more invested they become. You can give them too much information to the point where there's nothing left to think about, which means what they're disconnecting Yeah. as opposed to engaging them. You know, the best thing you can do, and if you go back and watch a lot of my work and it didn't happen right away, again, I learned it over the course of time. It's like, I would always want to leave the audience wondering what happened there. What if what's next, how does this end? You know, that, probably is a good explanation for a lot of the cliffhangers that we had on nitro that worked so effectively. It's you want, if, if my goal, and I always told the people that wrote with me or, or created with me is 
you know, when you produce, when you write a, a promo for somebody or when you lay it out backstage, leave the audience wondering what's next. Don't lay everything out to them so that there's nothing to think about. Same is true with ending a show. Same is true with a segment like this. Get the information out, get their interest, engage them, but leave them wanting more as opposed to feeling like they've got all the information they need. So Eric, here we are, uh, as you finish up there, we got bully around the mic. Let's see if I can capture a little bit of what he's saying here to, uh, Devon. Guess what, bro? You ain't gonna get a chance. Go to hell. So Devon's challenged him here. Open fight night. Uh, Bully Ray came out, refused the match. He said, if you're in the ring with me, I'm not, I'm tired of making you a star. I'm not making you a star anymore and refuses the match. Devon has now run out, engaged with Bully and is throwing him back in the ring. And here we go. Our first matchup of the evening, uh, is underway. Uh, I have a few things here. Uh, and one of them, I, we had a question from ad free shows, uh, couple ad free show guys top guy brad stanton asks eric are you a fan of members of an established tag team feuding what are your thoughts about that as we see this match going on here well i mean gosh that depends doesn't it my, my favorite question why are they feuding what what was the catalyst what caused them to be you know uh in a position where one is now challenging the other if there's a good story behind it, if there's a good reason behind it, if it's plausible, sure, it's a great tool. You got to be careful you don't do it too often because it, it loses its effect. But um, absolutely, I think it, it can be a great storytelling device, particularly as a an instigating moment, something that gets a storyline going. Yeah, it's uh they've broken up, but as, again, this is open fight night. Yeah, and Devon is is calling somebody out. That's why you saw them all there in the back of the room, and he gets to pick someone, and decided to pick Bully here. It calls him by Bubba, his old tag team name, picks him out, and they have, I guess, their reason to fight as they exchange uh, words on the microphone. And here we go. Th those two. Yeah, I mean that's set it up. That's like two yeah. guys sitting on the couch with the same psychiatrist, right, and yeah. spilling their guts out in front of each other, and. You know, all that, you know, pent up emotion is, is built up and, and because of open fight night, it kind of opened the door Yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, Devon presumably is coming out and telling bully all the reasons why he thinks he deserves a shot and bill bully, of course, you know, taking the position he's taken. I mean, that's what I mean. When we, when we first started talking about open fight night, it, it was a great device for creating an act one of any story while we're here. What did you think of these two guys as singles? They've broke up. We're single stars. Devon's here is, is the TV champion bully. I mean, this was the, he got himself in some great shape while he was in, in TNA and did some, some good things as a singles competitor. What were your thoughts? Oh, I, I, I love both of these guys and still do. I, yeah. I, there's very few people that I have as much respect for as I do bully and Devon. I really enjoyed working with both of them. I thought they were both phenomenal performers. You know, Bully, I think, is such an underrated potential creative asset. He really gets it. He understands more 
about a great way to tell a story within the confines of a wrestling ring than almost anybody I've ever worked with. At least he's for sure in the top five, if not the top three. Mm. He's really, really, really good. He's really, really, really opinionated. That kind of comes with the territory. Um, sometimes people are uncomfortable with that, and it's usually people who are the most insecure, are the ones that are least likely to surround themselves and take advice from people who have a unique perspective or experience. That was probably one of the issues with TNA more than anything as a company is anytime, you know, you'd be sitting across the table. I'm not talking about on the wrestling side of things, but on the TNA management side, you know, you're sitting across the desk from someone who knows that, you know, far more about the business than they do. And they're automatically intimidated and defensive and therefore don't listen, don't hear, don't want to really take advice from people that they know knew more than they did. I saw that a lot in TNA and it's kind of common it's not, you know, unique to prof the professional wrestling business, um, but it was probably more apparent in wrestling because it's such a unique form of entertainment that very few people that come into it come into it with a strong foundation and knowledge. You know, they come into it for various reasons. In a case, you know, in, in the Dixie Carter Carter family case, it was purely a vanity project. Let's be honest. It was what it was. The Carters were willing to fund it because it was a vanity project for their daughter. Nobody associated with a company other than Jeff Jarrett had any knowledge of the industry. And because Jeff had knowledge of the industry, he found himself on the outside looking in more often than not. <laughs> yeah. The same was true with me. Um, the same was true to a degree with Hulk Hogan. Nobody wanted to listen because by listening, they were acknowledging that somebody else may have a better idea than them and a very insecure or generally inferior person will avoid that. To echo what you were saying about bully Ray, man, his believability, which Devon just picked up the win here, but his believability on the mic is what sets him apart from so many in wrestling. There's a few that have that to the level and degree of what he had. But when he would get on the mic and get passionate and talk to we as fans, you were in. You were listening oh, he'd, to everything he'd suck he you in. And he Because yeah. he knew how to tell a story, and he oh, understood the so psychology good. of it, and he understood his role as a heel and how to get and keep his seat and build his seat. You want to see some great bully action? I know Bully did a lot of great things in ECW, in, in WWE, but in terms of TNA, go back and watch Bully when he, he was part of, of Aces and Eights. And I'm not trying to put the story over because it was my story, but go back and watch the performances. Go back and watch the performance uh, with he and, and Brooke Hogan when that came to an mm. uh, uh, end. It was so good. Here's another guy that's good. Let's listen to Austin yeah, Aries. Check it out here. Not impressed. Yeah, but then again, you're not impressed with me either, are you, right? But you know what? Fight night's not over yet. So maybe I'll get my chance to get my hands on you and maybe leave a little impression. All right, let's, 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 let's hear this. Yeah, we got to hear this. And why are you asking me? You don't think I know how to throw a party in Ric Flair? I've been partying every day for 63 years. You know about that? Every day, right? I haven't slept since I was 20 years old. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Am I throwing a party for Eric Bischoff? Not only an impact tonight, but all night long, we are going to rock Orlando. 
He's the greatest promoter in the history of wrestling. Wow. And single-handedly made impact what it is today. Am I going to have a party for him? Hell yeah. Woo! Rick Flair promised the party last week and says he will deliver it. The send-off for Eric Bischoff is still to come. All right, let's jump on this. I want to talk yeah. about those two promos, Paul. Yep. Here's, here's an example of an attempt, not an attempt. We executed it. Those two promos were more effective than any backstage promo or onset promo anybody in the industry today is going to be able to achieve with your standard talking head, hold the mic, do the interview backstage. That way of advancing story that style of promo is so dated it is so ineffective very few people are any good at it rarely rarely does anything anybody say make any difference at all in terms of advancing a story it's done because people feel like well well we got to cut a promo instead of elevating a story or creating a bigger issue or creating doubt or creating anticipation or advancing a story, it's simply, okay, well, we got to, we, we got to do a backstage promo. And they're so fucking dated standing there hold. And I don't care if it's WWE or AEW. I'm not picking on anybody here. This is a pet fucking peeve of mine. And those two promos with Austin, uh, Austin Aries and, and Ric Flair, felt more real than anything you're going to see on WWE or AEW in any of their backstage promos for the next five years. There, how's that for a prediction? And I hope somebody proves me wrong, by the way, I can't wait to be proven wrong, but I'm not worried about it. They're, they're funny. They're dramatic. Rick's just great. He's fantastic. It's believable because you don't have somebody standing there with the fucking microphone that looks out of place. That doesn't really understand what's going on. That doesn't really know how to react. It's totally unnecessary. It's some, such a simple, simple way of shooting promos that is 10 times more effective than what you're seeing today. Anywhere. Bruce. You too, pal. Rick Flair needs some chili sleep in these promos, don't you think, Eric? And your blessed plan to make customizable climate controlled sleep solutions is chili sleep. Listen, chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled solutions that help you improve your entire well being. Chili makes the Uller and Cube Sleep Systems hydro powered, temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep solution. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or you sleep cold. The sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine, Eric, waking up and not feeling tired. Chilly sleep can make that happen. I know you enjoy a good night's rest, don't you, Eric? I, hey, you know, for the longest time, Paul, and I'm not I'm not making this up for the longest time up until about two or three years ago. I, if I got a total of four hours sleep a day or night, maybe five, I considered that a a win. And typically that four or five hours of sleep during the evening would come in like 45 minute increments, sleep for 45 minutes an hour, wake up for 20 minutes, half hour, 
fall back asleep, kind of half asleep, half not asleep, wake up 20 minutes later. It was horrible. And I lived that way for about 20 some odd years. And I just thought I was one of those people that was destined just, I'm never going to be. And my wife was the opposite. She could, now, and her, her, her deal is she's very, um, got a great routine you know she she goes to bed she'll open up a book she'll read about three pages it puts her out boom she's done mm. i on the other hand was not wired that way but one of the things that i've noticed with chili sleep now my wife loves chili sleep now we live here in wyoming right we don't even have air conditioning in our house it gets up to 80 90 95 during the summer you know, during the day, but then it drops down right to like 45 at night. So we just open up the windows, let all the cold air in, you know, we get up in the morning, close the windows and the house pretty much stays cool all day. But sometimes during the night, um, Mrs. B would wake up not b- because she was too hot, right? Well, with chilly sleep, that doesn't happen anymore. And I found that by using chilly sleep and, and reducing the temperature, uh, in bed that I sleep much better and I'm good for, I got nine hours of sleep last night and that's pretty common on a weekend for me. Amazing. I went to bed at eight o'clock because wow. we had a busy day and it was nothing really good to do. And I knew that I was going to be getting up early because I like to get up like at five in the morning, but I like to have a good night's sleep. Chilly sleep does it for me. It does it for Mrs. B, you know, in the summertime, just, Get that thing as cool as it could be, and she sleeps like a baby. Buddy, if you like the mattress pads, wait until you check out the Chili Blanket. It's the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with that control unit for the old. Ooh, are you sleep kidding me? Sleep, No, sir. I'm not kidding. Is that I'm new? A, I've not heard. Have, yeah. Why have I, not I, I heard about this before? I don't know. It's out there. It's weighted. I'm a hot sleeper too, dude. And, and I can't handle a ton of blankets. I'm not a blanket guy, big time blankets and thick comforters. My wife calls me a toaster oven, but man, not anymore. Not with chili. Once my body hits the bed, Eric, it's like I took the boot to the face from Hogan and the lead drop. I'm down for the three count, my friend. Because that weighted blanket thing works, and I've got a weighted it blanket. It does. They, they came out about five years ago or six years ago. I got one that weighs, I think, 40 pounds or something. And I like having the weight on me. I just can't stand overheating in the process. Over war- yeah, the warmth. But if they've got a weighted cooling blanket, oh, it's, come on. It's money. It's money. Listen, get yours. Head over to chillysleep.com forward slash 83 weeks to learn more. Save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. It's exclusive offer to our listeners. So check it out. It's only for a limited time. It's chili. That's C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash 83 weeks to take advantage of that exclusive discount and wake up refreshed. Every day, get the mattress pad and the weighted cool blanket. I'm telling you, Eric, it's worth it. You got to check out the blanket. Going to do it. Absolutely going to do it. Eric, any idea why they didn't bleep your name, uh, your last name on this episode? They were bleeping your name on the last episode. Every time I tried to say the word Bischoff, it was getting bleeped. Because I think there was a step in a match that I had with Garrett where if I lost, I wasn't able to use my name. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I would imagine that's it. They brought it back though for your, for your final one here. Let's this Jeremy Borash is in the ring. Let's check out what he has to say here. Something's going down. An employee that has been here for a little while, but you see, 
I've been here longer than anyone. I, I have more seniority than anyone in this company. And I can tell you that it's universally known from the cameramen to the sound guys to the wrestlers in the back that there has not been a bigger prick to come along in this company in the last three years than Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Perfect. And if this is going to be his last night here, and this is open fight night... Instead of, oh, I don't know, getting liquored up and going on my Facebook page and demeaning other employees, what I would like to do is, Eric Bischoff, if this is your last night, I would like to call you down to ringside so I can look you face-to-face -face in the eyes and extend my fist and throw it down your throat. Well, this is awesome. I forgot this about me. Fantastic. <laughs> I love watching this with you. This is good. <laughs> So Bischoff, put down your Blackberry. It's open fight night. Get your out here right now. Wow, what did JB have to eat today? Oh, he's got his going on. Oh, this is so good. I forgot all about this. I love doing these shows. Oh, this is good. Tell me this isn't good stuff. This is entertainment, man. Now, if you had done this in front of five or 7,000 people, you, it would have blown the roof off. Send off in mind and well. I love that goatee. I think I'm going to have to go back to a goatee soon. Yeah, the salt on top, and then you got the pepper goatee. He just called him the biggest prick in the history of the company. He did call him a big prick. He did say big prick. He did. Speaking of my prick and Bluetooth, never mind. Sorry, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> we already did that, Ed. As if it's not tough enough for Eric Bischoff tonight. It's his final night in the company. Oh, and he gets I, 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 knew, I, knew, uh, I knew you'd side not, with him. Well, it's kind of not cool. He gets called out. He's having a... And look, Eric... You, know, you don't have to kiss at, up anymore. Look at that smug face. <laughs> look, here we go. Wrestling. I kissed him. I'm a nice guy. song a lot and I like it most when it applies to someone like you you know really Eric before you go ahead take a picture let me put it up on your Facebook page right now go ahead Eric in fact maybe what we should do is we should install a breathalyzer on that thing before you do it is there an app for that Eric is there an app for drunk tweeting about employees? Is there an app about being a, oh, I don't know, an insecure tyrant? Because I'm sure that's on your phone. You know, JB, I hope you enjoy this 15 seconds of fame that you've carved out for yourself because I know I'm going to enjoy it. And by the way, it's an iPhone, not a Blackberry, you freaking idiot. But as long as we're 
on the subject of... What an idiot you are. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I just, as a matter of fact... Twitter page, e look it up. It's going to be one of my favorites. Is there a referee? Referee, get your skin up here. Open fight night. What a way to kick it off. If this is the end of my career, so be it. surprising that Eric Bischoff has someone else do his dirty work, speaking of Bully Ray. Well, this is not Eric Bischoff's first rodeo, even though this is last night here in Impact Wrestling. The executive what? producer formerly known as Eric Bischoff. Jump doors like I have to say. Sweet that! Tonight on Impact... Eric, how much fun was that? And is it more fun knowing that Meltzer hated it? <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to hear what Dave has to say. I won't, I won't, Fuck I him. won't. But how much fun was that? Come on, tell me. That was a blast, and the audience had fun. JB had fun. Here's another great example of a promo. Let's listen to this. Okay. And I had very high hopes for our business relationship. He and I agree politically on a lot of levels, but outside of wrestling, he is totally anti-government, anti-oppressive government, government all over people telling them exactly what to do yet in the business world that's exactly what the guy does he's done it to me and everybody that he comes into contact with and a lot of people say that eric bischoff is an asshole no eric bischoff is no asshole i'm an asshole those are terms of endearment okay eric bischoff is nothing more than a freaking douchebag and that douchebag <laughs> needs to go bye-bye the way that was shot, and that's what I'm so excited about. It's not so much the the, the the dialogue in that, but the way it was shot. Now I know a lot of people are watching or listening to this and not yeah. able to see it, but if you go back and you watch some of these innovations that we introduced into the wrestling format out of the non-scripted world, that which saw there and what I was referring to previously with Ric Flair and um, who was it? Austin, Ar- Austin Aries. Austin Aries. In, in in the non-scripted world, that's referred to as an OTF or on the fly. And all you're seeing is the talent talking. The talent is reacting to a question that is not heard by the audience, but is implied in its answer. It's an extremely effective way to shoot a believable, credible promo. And I wish we would see more of it. WWE copied it. Uh, I remember when we first started doing this, we shot these with, a. if you look closely at those promos, you'll notice a difference in the look of them. The look is because we shot those, and I think it was a, uh, a Canon 5D or 7D. It was one of the first cameras that allowed you to really shoot a a cinematic grade. Cinematic is what I was going to say. That's view. what it looked like, yeah. And it looked so much 
more real as yeah. a result. And WWE actually, you know, tried to copy that for a while, but it 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 is more time consuming from a production point of view because you got to digitize that footage in order to integrate it into the show. It is a very time consuming process, but it's a very very effective way to do it. And even if you can't shoot it in in that, you know, Canon, and I'm sure they've got cameras now that do it all day long. Even if you can't shoot shoot it in that format, that style that presentation of promos was probably one of the more significant things that occurred in impact. But again, because it was impact, people didn't really recognize it or none of the people saw it. Yeah, no, it, it well done. Uh, absolutely. Well done. Great interviews. We're moving on here. And RK was in the ring, challenging anyone to come out. Kurt angle, my guy accepts the challenge. He comes down and you see some familiar faces in the swing, particularly, uh, who played Rosita here, uh, Zelina Vega now in the WWE, she's in the ring with Sarita, uh, Kurt angle here accepted the challenge, but it's just fun to see too. Some of these, uh, the talent that was here back then, it's still successful in the wrestling business. Indeed. And I, I'm digging this format. This this idea of open fight night once a month, I think, was a great idea. It didn't uh, it didn't stick around long enough to gain traction, but it was certainly a way to freshen up uh, creative and create some situations that were able to launch storylines. As I said earlier, and you said it, it was once a month. So this wasn't a weekly or a biweekly thing. It was something to build to and look forward to once a month to shake things up. And I think that's the key. Listen, we already got a tap out here. It's over angle has applied the ankle lock and this match is over. But again, once a month, I do think it gives fans something to look forward to. And it just doesn't become, you know what else it does. And this is another one of my pet peeves and it exists in, in every wrestling company that's on television that I've seen is when wrestlers have the ability to make their own matches. What the hell is that? It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. You know, so much effort is goes into making what we see in professional wrestling look believable, plausible, suspend disbelief, all of those things, as it should, right? But here's another one. Alex Silva. Great, yeah. great promo this here. Is, let's listen let's to this. Yeah, I want to check this out. Georgia and start moving on my own and start, you know, reaching for my goal. He passed away February 10th, 2012 at 2.29 a.m. And I wish I could tell him thank you. And now I think I have the opportunity to. One word that would really describe Alex Silva would be desire. I think that he has a tremendous amount of heart and passion. He is going to take and this opportunity and do everything he can to make the most of it. And that's what we're going to look for. OVW, the first time I ever went there, I became the youngest TV champion in the history of the company. I defeated one of the top guys in OVW, and nobody had no idea who I was. Wherever I go, every time I have an opportunity, I make sure I take it. That's who I am. I never give up. That was okay. Here's the guy, Wally. Here's the guy. Nobody knew who he was. Our audience didn't know who he was. He had very little experience on the mic. Again, one of the more believable promos you could possibly do. And what did it really do? It positioned the audience to want to cheer for him. It gave the audience a reason to want to see him succeed as opposed to just dropping him in and having him challenge somebody. It's such an effective, if I can't believe more people haven't adapted this, at least that style of promo on a more consistent basis. Cause it's, it would make everything so much more believable. 
I do want to, I do on this occasion want to read the observer's feedback because I do want your opinion on this. Uh, they said next they introduced Alex Silva for the gut check segment. Silva did an interview, which we just heard saying that he was the youngest OVW TV champion ever. He's a Montreal guy and talked about how his father just died earlier this year and how his father worked so hard at a job he didn't like so that he could try and live his dream. Al Snow is the lead judge who, by the way, as we watch this is in the ring talking. Then they had Robbie E versus Silva. Last week they said there would be three judges and Hulk Hogan out. So instead, we had no judging panel, no judging stand, nothing. They had the match. E uh, won with an implant DDT in 2 minutes and 15 seconds, which we're about to see here. Silva looked fine, but wasn't in long enough to tell much. If they were going to do this, either the newcomer should have won his first match or lost a competitive, fairly long match, getting either near falls or at least kicking out of a ton to establish uh, heat before losing and establish the concept. Instead, it was a throwaway match and completely forgettable, and there was no judging. Later in the show, they said the judges would rule on whether he gets a contract next week. So why was the concept different here, Eric? Uh, was stuff changed in this time? No, I think I think what happened is, you know, again, th- this is an idea that it was much like the style of promos, the OTF style of promos that I referred to earlier. This was a concept where you have judges um, that was a, a derivative or a ripoff of some very successful non-scripted shows, competitive shows, much like uh, competition reality is the category, much like The Voice. Okay, That's where the idea of getting into the background and giving the audience something to cheer for with an unknown talent like Alex Silva, that's where that came from. Um, one of the things I think that we realized is the judging process to make it work couldn't happen on camera it would take too much time typically that's where a lot of the drama is right if you watch a lot of unscripted uh, competition reality type shows like the voice for example the banter back and forth with the judges is one of the most entertaining parts of the show and takes up a lot of the format as a result but here you know with a wrestling audience you can't do that so we decided to have the judging take place off camera Gotcha. Well, this match is the one that isn't going on. Here we go. Robbie E still doing his thing. I think more in a managerial role. I remember meeting him years ago as Rob echoes, uh, back in the day with ECWA, but he still figures out a way to find himself to be successful in the wrestling business. Maybe not necessarily in the wrestling role, but he's going on to do the manager gig in, uh, in NXT. Have you had some, inter- you've had interaction working with, with he, him over the years, Eric, uh, n- not so much working with him, but you know, spending time with him. You know, I've gone out to eat with him in a group of guys. Uh, he used to hang out with my son, Garrett quite a bit. So whenever we were on location, I would spend some time with him. One of the funniest guys I've ever hung out with. (laughs) He, if you need a laugh, if you need to lighten up your day, (laughs) go find Robbie, take him out for a hamburger or whatever it is he eats. And Spend about a half hour with a guy, and your day will be much brighter as a result. He's a funny, funny, funny guy. Uh, this is the stuff that we like to learn about these guys. You don't always see it, but I can I can picture that. I think that he and his wife may also have a gym. They have a gym down in Florida, too, that they run uh, now as well, but uh, always found a way to, to stay successful and keep things going. And, man, he was a hell of an entertaining act here while he was uh, with TNA. 
And uh, as far as uh, our buddy here in the ring, Alex Silva, he would uh, hang on with TNA for a little bit longer, but then end up going back into the independent scene. And uh, see, going back to Dave's comments, did this match mean anything? Uh, no, other than it was a gut check and it was a chance to see, you know, Alex Silva's in-ring ability. And what I'm seeing right now, you know, just the fact that he's able to perform at this level would make him worthy of a contract, regardless of whether he wins or he loses, because guess what, Meltzer, you dipshit, you toxic <laughs> piece of fucking crap. <laughs> the idea is that these guys are coming into yeah, TNA. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're taking a leap into a higher level of, of performance and skill sets. So nobody's expecting anybody to win, even against a guy like Robbie E. This is all about these guys showing what they're capable of doing and catching the eye of a judge. And I think in this case, Silva did exactly that. Here, I gotta, we gotta go to this, Eric. I know you're gonna want to hear this. For the tag team championship, he's gonna decide, the general manager will decide what tag team will get a shot. That's coming up next. What will I miss most about Eric? Let's see, maybe it would be all the lies he told me, uh, how he worked so hard to get between Hulk Hogan and myself, um, his cocky nature, the ability to constantly make trouble backstage. That's she loved my cocky oh, The fact he nature. took my company away from me, uh, but more than anything else, just pretty much nothing. Oh, you're loving every minute of this now, aren't you? It's it's just funny. <laughs> and by the way, I, Dixie is a really nice person. I joke about Dixie, but or just then, but she's really one of the nicest people I've I know. I mean, she's got a really good heart. She should have just never been in the wrestling business. All right, let's listen to more Hogan. Here we go. To open fight night, you know the champions have to fight. That's why I had such a tough time making my decision tonight. But Magnus and Joe, their number came up. And, you know, after I made that decision, I was kind of pondering my thoughts, just wondering how to make the choice with so many great teams, so many great contenders. Yeah, that's right. I figured the best way would be just to get everyone together, air out the laundry, see who maybe have a complaint or a gripe or a reason to step in that ring. And I just wanted to get a feel for what I had to work with. So, you know, maybe, Daniels, you could start this thing off. Why would you and Kaz think you deserve a shot at the titles? Okay, Hulk, so thanks. And, and first of all, I don't want our friendship to influence your decision at all. All those days we were banging and hanging down at Venice Beach, brother. Yeah! I just want you to consider these facts. In fact, the Motor City Machine Guns lost at lockdown. And why would you reward failure? Fact, ODB and Eric, only one of them is a man, and the other one has a bad beard. Fact. Ken and Jeff, they don't like each other, their gear doesn't match, one's a bad mime and the other's a potty mouth. Why would you make them the champions, right? I mean, you think yeah. about all that, the obvious choice is Kaz and yours truly, the new face. Well, you know, you guys are an obvious choice, you are a great team, but all the other sewage you spewed out, we didn't need it, okay? Sewage, brother. You guys are a great choice. If you agree, what do you have to say, guns? Well, I gotta say, our dedication speaks for itself. We've been a team longer than any other team in this company. We've won titles here in TNA, and we've won titles overseas in Japan. We've had to fight back after injury, after injury, and you know what? We want it more. We're hungry. We want it more, Hulk, than anyone else. Oh, you guys are for real. I'm on that team without a doubt. Much respect, no doubt, to you guys. All right. 
You two, can't you just get along? I mean, come on. Two of the greatest pieces of talent ever to step foot in the wrestling ring, and you guys are at each other's throats 24-7. Can't we just get along? You know what? Yes, 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 we can get along. Jeff? Oh, stop. Ew. Oh, I love you, man. This I is love great. You. Right. <laughs> We're a team. We're a team. Serious. No, I mean, serious, brother. I mean, really serious, Mr. Anderson. I'm serious. Is your company? Okay, let's get real serious now. That doesn't seem real. It's gross. This is real. ODB, the first man, the best man. What do you think? Are you guys ready after this long honeymoon to step in the ring and put in high gear and become champions? You're right. I am exhausted. But we are the only married tag team here, which adds to our cohesion. We're also tied for the best team. That's why we have the belts in impact. We've never been defeated, which means we're back in a thousand. If this is baseball, we're already in the Hall of Fame. Plus, we love Hulkamania, and she said she'd be with you for a night. Her idea. <laughs> Eric, I couldn't afford her, okay? But thank you for the update. You know, this is out of control. I need to pick a team tonight, and I can't do it right now. Daniels, Kazarian, without a doubt, you guys fit the bill. Guns, you guys have a track record that's impeccable. As far as you two, you need to get your act together. Hardy, you and your partner there, if you guys are going to click, you need to be cohesive. Get married. Hey. I'm serious. Then as far as you two go, after the long honeymoon, you need a shower. But I can tell you one thing. <laughs> I know the team I'm going to eliminate. After the loss at lockdown, I'm still worried about that knee saving. The machine guns are out of the competition tonight. Open I told fight you. night, brothers. Get ready to rumble. I'll let you know my decision as we go through the night. Yeah. All right. Immediate reaction. Well, I, I, I'm, I know I'm not objective, <laughs> but I think that was one hell of a performance by everybody involved. It was. That's a that was that was a one take deal, brother. Mm. That we rolled right through that. That was awesome. Everybody in that scene did a great job. It had humor. Yes. It had reality with regard to the machine guns and their injury. And that tied into the end of that, that scene really well. It was plausible. It was believable. They took them out of the running, but not in a way that put them in a bad light. It's an injury. Injuries happen in every sport. I thought it was great. I just want to hear Brooke talk. Let's hear Brooke. Okay. Let's hear Brooke. Yeah. Hold on. The tag match right here in impact last week. They're saying, no way, no how. It was a fluke. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm here to prove that I'm no fluke. All right, that we heard enough was no fluke. And yeah. Gail- standard wrestling yeah. promo. Yeah. Standard yeah. wrestling in-ring promo. She did a decent job, better than decent. She did a good job. But and, it, and it's hard to follow what, what she just followed, though, you know, as you're watching it. Yeah, it would have been tough to follow it up, but that's another example. That promo that she did in ring in front of the people would have been much better in an OTF style. Much, uh, much better. Eric, it's time to switch gears and talk about something we need to be serious about, and that's protecting our families. It's time to tell you again about something I'm super passionate about, and it's protecting my family. 
This is a life insurance ad for Goliath Life, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get to have medical and we all have auto insurance, at least I hope we do, yet we never even know if we're going to have need of it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You're going to need life insurance because we're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com, and I mean right now. Listen, I've lost two friends in their 40s in the last year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to the GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. GoliathLife.com streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. Your pick, your price, you start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. GoliathLife.com makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. GoliathLife.com is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. All right, Eric. So uh, the Observer says Brooke Tessmacher would pin Gail Kim. We see Gail Kim making her way out to the ring, which, by the way, I'm sure you have the utmost respect for her. What a performer she was, Eric. Really, really was. In, in many respects, so far ahead of her time as a performer. You know, her Gail's biggest challenge is, other than um, just a small handful uh, of women, um, there was nobody there that, that could keep yeah. up with her. Yeah, you know she was she was in a league or, or at a level in a legal. Mickey James obviously could, um, Tara um, could. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, really tough in that TNA women's division at the time. And a lot of the women were trying. Don't get me wrong; they were really trying, and they were improving by leaps and bounds. But many of them were so new to the industry that they haven't hadn't had the ability to really refine their skill sets and really get comfortable with with their action in the ring. Um, you know, Kim, of course, had spent quite a bit of time in WWE. So she was at the, you know, WWE university, so to speak, and, and got a lot of experience and, and, and guidance by people who had a lot of experience. Whereas a lot of the younger girls like Brooke, for example, didn't have that. You know, these are girls that learned how to wrestle at the That's local right. wrestling school and showed up at a couple independents and got some attention and boom, now they're on national television and you can't expect them to be a season to someone like Gail Kim was, but Gail, yeah, ton of respect for Gail. Yeah. And some of these girls, I remember Brooke initially being part of that when, you know, the WWE's version of ECW, she kind of came through under that channel. Then she, she left and would ultimately show up here. But like you said, they're learning on the fly, uh, you know, trying to get better, you know, with the limited amount of opportunity they're having in the ring. It's not like you said, it is today where there's so much of a focus, uh, NXT and all the wrestling schools that are now finally giving women their time and energy. And you're just seeing a different level of talent, but Gail, like you said, way ahead of her time. Um, 
Gail gets the win here. This goes 354. The observer said that Tessmacher came out and called her out. Kim said that she wasn't even in her league. And, uh, well, you, you said that yourself. Kim missed the missile drop kick. Tessmacher, uh, Tessmacher got the pin with a face plant. Not good, but not terrible either. Uh, and then we're going to get to a Kazarian promo. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, a way to get the women's champ on TV. And, and Gail Kim's going to get it done. Man, what a, what a fantastic performer. I'm looking forward to seeing the Kazarian promo, uh, Frankie Kazarian and, and Chris Daniels, both. I mean, you saw a little glimpse of it in that scene that, uh, Hulk had inside of his office. Chris Daniels is a naturally, naturally so good. funny guy. He's so, so good. good and he can shift gears. He can get intense and be believable and be that scary son of a bitch that you wouldn't want showing up in your driveway, or he can be, you know, almost stand up comedy level. He's really, really good. Frankie also really underrated on the mic. It'll be interesting to see. Cause I don't know. I didn't yeah. watch this. Are we going to see an OTF style that, that Jason and I were trying to integrate into this format, or are we going to see your standard, you know, backstage stick man, hold the mic, traditional 1980s wrestling promo. It's, it's fun too, because, you know, Christopher Daniels now has influence in the wrestling business behind the stage for AEW. I'm sure he's heavily involved or somewhat involved with what they're trying to do with ring of honor too. But again, involved with that next generation of wrestlers, because you can see in what we just watched here today, he was really good on the mic. He was highly entertaining. We know what he could do in the ring. He was just one of those guys that for whatever, whatever reason, timing, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, never got to do it in the grandest stage of them all, I guess, but what an amazing talent Christopher Daniels was. Yeah, both Chris and Frankie, um, and not to take anything away from this match. I know we're talking about Chris and Frankie. We're coming up here in a little bit during this match, and this match is a much, much better match. That was a nice drop kick. That was girl nice by Brooke. Yeah, that was really, really nice. This is a much better match than I anticipated actually yeah. going into it. So, get her, the timing here by by Tessmacher is really good. Good selling. Yep. Overall, this is solid for sure. Earl traditionally, as he did then, worked all all the ladies' matches. Imagine that, Earl, you <laughs> dirty old man. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to see Earl. Oh, uh, and here we go, the women's championship. Uh, throw it in their face, but you know, I've been able to see Brooke out on the loop with all the Russell Cons and Russell Cades, and couldn't be a nicer person to meet in person. By the way, if you get to meet her or Gail Kim. Take advantage of that opportunity. Both just sweethearts, very nice people. Indeed. I haven't seen Brooke in a long time or Gail for that matter. I've, I've, I've been at some of the same events you have and just haven't, we haven't crossed paths yet, but I look forward to it. I know Gail Kim and her uh, husband, Robert Irvine, or yes. Robert Irvine is enjoying a tremendous career uh, over at the food network. Big time. Uh, that's right. Yeah. He's becoming quite the, he'll become quite the institution over there. This match should, uh, is about to come its way. Brooke, though, here with a nice move and the one-two, and she gets the pin. <laughs> she gets the pin. Non-title match, but they give Brooke the. That's big, Rob, for her. That's all. Awesome. Yeah, and that you know, from a creative perspective, that falls into into the. Hey, it's live TV. Anything can happen. That's right. You know, you don't want to go into a match where the outcome is predetermined by the audience. They know what's going to happen nine times out of ten. So anytime you can mix that up, especially on live television, uh, it's a good thing. Here we go. Let's see if we cut away to this Frankie uh, Frankie promo here. What's the time code right now? 
we are, I don't have the actual code because I ripped this for StreamYard for, so it doesn't actually have the, uh, it says 49, actually 42, 49, 43, 44, 45. All right. There we go. We do our best. And we're trying to do our best for everybody so they can keep up with us. Here we go. And uh, oh, they're talking about the big world tour. That had to be a lot of fun. Now, Eric, did you do any traveling with that when they were doing their world tour, or were you a? Yeah, no, I I, uh, I went to the UK with TNA. Had a great okay. time with with Garrett. So yeah, we had a nice. We had a great trip. It was fun. All right, very good. Well, we should be getting right back. And they're talking about their big baseball baseball event. That would be the last event, not necessarily this one, but baseball the TNA's baseball event that they would have actually, you know, one of the ones that they had towards the end. Here we go. Let's go to this. Didn't you hear me hit him with nothing but stone cold facts? Of course, we're going to be wrestling for the tag titles tonight. And it also seems there's been a disturbance in the force. I mean, have you seen AJ Styles? No. Yeah. You know why? Because he's a coward, (laughs) a guilty one. AJ, here's a little proposition. You don't show up next week. We're really going to let this little kitty out of the bag. So chill up. made the match a three-way because Jeff Hardy and Mr. Anderson, well, they already had for a long time, since I lost the belt, they've been going back and forth about which one of them should be champion. And they're going to settle it here with this match by, by going on to get a number one contendership, you know, because Bobby Roode's got their belt. That's what they think. Big time win for Rob Van Dam. Look at that, look at that, man, the number one contender for the world heavyweight title, RVD. He will face Bobby Roode for the world heavyweight title on May the 13th. RVD's back. RVD now has his shot at the title. And RVD's not going to let anything get in the way of getting right back to where I was at the top. Holding that belt up, that world championship title. You better have some confetti ready for me too. Because I want it all. And I'm going to keep it. Obviously, Rob Van Dam proved himself in the number one contenders match against Mr. Anderson and Jeff Hardy. He won the match, so therefore, he gets to face the champ. Now, you talk about ring rust. Will will Rob Van Dam have any ring rust? Personally, I don't give a damn. I'm prepared for the Rob Van Dam that I knew, the guy that was a world champion. I know what Rob's capable of. I just hope Rob knows what I'm capable of. When I go into that match, a sacrifice with Bobby Roode, I'm going in there to beat him so I can get my championship belt back. That's what I want. That's what the fans want. That's what the entire business needs. RVD's top guy. He deserves to be on top. Look at everybody else, <laughs> and then look at this. Rob Van Dam. Need I say more? Right, How now, great but- was that? RVD is not known for his promos at all. That was an excellent promo that told the story. It made you like the character. It it allowed you to know who RVD is as a person slash character, much more so than any traditional wrestling promo, which is all we're seeing today. I didn't go into this being ready. And up to, to be as upset about 
promos today as I am, but yeah. this is such a stark contrast and, and isn't a, it, it's a great example of what should be done today. I mean, that's the last time I'm going to say it. Cause I know I'm beating it to death. It's okay. I need you to hang, hang in there with me on this. All right. Cause I want to read this, hang in there. Cause I know you're going to want to, they showed RVD in a gym, punching a bag and training. The idea of guys training before a match works, but not if they look bad at it. RVD looked old and people have seen fighters punch bags. When they do workout footage, they should stick to footage of what guys do in their workouts that they look good at doing instead of footage that even to a casual fan exposes that they are actors pretending to be training. Eric, do you think RVD looked old here? That's just such a ridiculous statement. This no. was the complete synopsis that you and I just watched together and enjoyed and thought was cool. And this is the complete 180 from the Wrestling Observer. I'm restraining myself because I don't want to be accused of. But, but this out is anybody. why you get the way you get because it just well, that was fun. That was entertaining. He looked good. He didn't look like he didn't know what that he was. That was a more interesting out. promo than I've seen on any wrestling show in the last two years, with the exception of MJF. MJF yes. is in a, at a level all of his own. Yeah. Everything else is about a standard. I've seen them some of the most horrible shit I've ever seen. That's that's referred to as a promo uh, or an inner backstage interview or onset interview in the last year or two uh, in a certain wrestling organization that I ever saw in the AWA back in the late '80s. It's fucking horrible, folks. What you saw there was an example of a way to get a character over. Did Rob Van Dam look like uh, a professional boxer? No, he didn't. Is anybody going to suggest? I mean, the audience already knew what kind of real skills Rob Van Dam has had and still has because they've been watching him do it on television for years. Yeah. And for Meltzer to take that angle on that promo, completely disregard that it was probably one of the best, most coherent and effective promos than perhaps Rob Van Dam has ever done in terms of it being technically designed to create an emotion and most of all interest. I got news for you, Meltzer. All the shit that you think is so fucking good, you know, it, it ends up getting dirt sheet awards, sucks by a mile in comparison to what you just saw there out of Rob Van Dam. It's almost like he looks at things now and they're compared. Let's listen to your son. Bully people around, manipulate situations, control people, all just to get what he wants, all to benefit him. I didn't put my dad in this position. Okay, he put himself here. Okay. Much as I hate to say it, because at the end of the day, he's still my dad. But listen, Impact will be a better place without him. Wow, that was that so felt, good. That was that was hard. That was that came through. Yeah, good. Make sure you have that on when I come home. Good. Hey, let me call you back. How am I supposed to sign something? No autographs here, none whatsoever. You're Bully Ray, aren't you? Oh, you must be Joseph Park. I am. I am. Yeah. It is a pleasure to meet you finally. Of course it is. What do you want? Oh, no handshakes. No, no handshakes. What do you want? Calm down. <laughs> Bully. 
There seems to be a couple people around here that seem to think you know something about the disappearance of my brother Chris. If you touch my shoulder again, you're gonna need the frickin' lawyer. Relax, relax. I'm simply coming here looking for answers. I got no answers for you, and even if I had answers, I wouldn't give them to you. Wow, so harsh. You're a very angry person. God, that's tell you good. Boy, right? Here's my card. Keep it if you happen to hear anything about the disappearance of my brother Chris. Give me a call. Shove it. so good in that role they're both so good in that role oh that was excellent that was what a great performance from both of them really really good hey is it is it like the abyss chris park or however we frame that it's a lot like the elias storyline that's going on now exactly it's like yeah that's right that's right well uh interesting Yeah, I know. Right. And it's funny. just to close the loop on the Melcher thing, it's almost like he looks at wrestling now under a completely different lens of how he used to view wrestling. That's because he gets petted. It's totally changed. Like the young bucks named a move after him. So fuck, he's been putting him over ever since. The lens has completely shifted. So while we were talking, as we see Samoa Joe and uh, Magnus come down to the ring, uh, a.k.a. Nick Aldis, Hogan tells uh, Eric Young and ODB he's eliminating them from the tag team match because he heard what Young tried to do to the waiter last week and told them that they needed just to go back to their hotel. And so Young and ODB are out. So that story continues. Um when ODB and Eric Young went to their financial advisor for their wedding plans, I'm sure they used Goliath Life, by the way. Uh, here we go. It's Kazarian and it's Christopher Daniels, our guys we were just putting over hard, and they're the ones getting this matchup. So this is going to be fun, man. Uh, Kazarian, Daniels, Magnus, and Samoa Joe in this tag team match. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this one, Eric. Yeah, this is a great show. I, I would encourage our listeners because again, yes. a lot of people that are listening to this aren't able to watch it. And my commentary about these promos in particular are not going to make as much sense if you don't get a chance to see the style in which these promos that we're referring to have been shot in. So I would really encourage people to go back and watch the show. And Polly, I don't even know how to find it. How do you find it? You can go to the impact app and then you're just looking for the impact episode. This is the April 26th of 2012, or just sign up for nine bucks for one month. If you just only want to do one month at freeshows.com, you can watch it with me and Eric on the side of your screen, just like we are doing right now and watch it. Uh, That's the best way to do it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it really is. I, I encourage people, if you really are interested in production and in, in new ways of advancing story and telling story, go back and look at this because this period of time where we introduced this OTF style of promos, um, I'm really, really disappointed that it didn't catch on, um, and, and exist today. Cause it's so much more effective. It, it makes young talent and the inexperienced talent look so much better. It's just an easier way to get a believable promo out of somebody. Well, not only that, this show's kind of had it all from some good matches to great promos to some fun skits in the back. Uh, and we're not even to the most fun at the very end of what's going to happen here. Uh, a lot of reasons. Let JB get coming out there and growing some balls and, and talking shit to you. This is classic. This is great. Here comes Hogan. I'm gonna, let's see what he has to say here. He's getting ready to address the tag team matchups. But the champs won't know who the challengers will be until bell time. And now 
chance to decide whether it's going to be Christopher Daniels and Kazarian or Jeff Hardy and Mr. Anderson who get the shot at Samoa Joe and Magnus. I want all the Impact fans to know that as crazy as open fight night is out here, it's even wilder in the back, brother. It's like we got a new shot of energy. The excitement is over the top, and it's been a lot of fun for your new general manager. But so far, this decision amongst the teams has been the toughest of all. You know, Daniels and Kazarian, you stated the claim that you were the most legitimate team. I have to agree with that. But you got two great pieces of talent in the other corner that are not a cohesive unit. And because of that, Daniels and Kazarian, I've decided to eliminate you. Anderson and Hardy, let's see if you guys are up for the challenge because it's open fight night and you're going to fight. There it is. So that's the tag team match. Kazarian and Daniels are out of it, and it's down to... Jeff and uh, Mr. Anderson. Eric, what I think I'll do, because this match goes on for about 11 minutes, I'm going to jump down and ask some fan questions. And to help forget about all the stress and anxiety and pain, you can turn to premium CBD with Feels. That's right. Feels is a better way to feel better. It's a premium CBD that will help you get your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. Eric, I used to put my head down at night and everything I did that day or whatever I had to do the next day came flooding in and I would just be laying there for two hours staring at the alarm clock. That's not the case anymore with feels. How about you? Do you enjoy feels? I do, but I, you know, as I talked about earlier, I don't really have an issue falling asleep anymore. Occasionally, like if I'm on the road, for example, I'm going to Las Vegas tomorrow morning. And anytime I'm on the road, I'm in a different hotel or sleeping in a different place, eating different food out of my, out of my rhythm. Um, it, it'll, it'll mess with my sleep a little bit. But what I like feels for more than anything is inflammation. You know, most pain is really caused by inflammation and inflammation can be caused by a lot of different things. Not only injuries, as we're about to see in this tag match with Nick Aldis, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, and Ken Anderson. These guys will be prime candidates uh, if this match was going on today for fields, because all that bouncing around and, and, and all the impact that these guys are going to be taking and giving to each other is going to result in inflammation. It just does. But inflammation can also be caused by Sometimes the food you eat or whatever you're drinking and you don't really realize it. But when you wake up in the morning and you feel a little stiff and achy, um, it can be caused by any number of things. And one of the things that I like about feels is it's a natural way without taking some over the counter, you know, garbage, which is typically what over the counter things are um, or prescription drugs for inflammation. Um, I don't like taking prescription drugs. I don't like taking anything over the counter because it's not natural. Feels is very natural and CBD works so, so effectively at inflammation. I don't have any nagging injuries, but I do, you know, I've got 67 year old knees and I used to run a lot and do a lot of crazy stuff. So occasionally they'll become uh, inflamed and they're uncomfortable. 
but I don't hobble around or have a hard time walking up and down stairs because I use feels for the inflammation. I can't recommend it highly enough. You heard it. Eric Bischoff himself has, uh, has verified it. It works. All you got to do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the different within difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is it's finding the right dose for you and everybody's dose is different guys. So if you need a dose of, uh, of chill on the go, pop one of feels their new CBD infused mints for a clear headed feeling. And guess what? With these new mints, Eric, you get fresh breath too. You can't beat it. In fact, feels offers a free CBD hotline help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. How good is that? So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash 83 weeks. That's the key, folks, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Not a bad deal at all. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash 83 weeks to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash 83 weeks. So Eric, with that, as I said, let's go ahead and jump into some fan questions as we watch this match. And I have a few here for you. First, adfreeshows.com top guy, Zoe Lopez, our buddy, says, what was the best farewell party you've ever attended, Eric? <laughs> I don't think I've ever attended a farewell party other than the one that we orchestrated for this show. And it was pretty fun. I had a blast. It was it. it I don't know. I, I got a, I got a kick out of it. it was a, what about, what about birthday party? Have you had some kind of a big bash for Eric Bischoff that you'll just always remember was special to you? I'll take it a step further. Um, please tell me you've had I a can, surprise party. No, I've never had a surprise, party. I've never, you know, I've never really been a big, you know, Oh, birthday guy. I got to talk to It's an excuse to go out with my wife and, have a good dinner or go out with a buddy or two and have a beer, but I've never uh, made a big deal out of my birthday, man. Oh man. We got to figure something out for easy. E. You got to have at least one in your life. My friend, something where it's just all about Eric Bischoff. We had some fun with Tony Schiavone a few years ago, Jimmy's St. Famous uh, seafood. And God, that was a good time. Lois made a run in. We got to have some fun with you. All right. He's, he's just not having it. doesn't seem like he's into that. Okay. Adfreeshows.com title chase star hazard title chase star. I love it. Hazard five hazard five, by the way, Eric helps us with title chase. He is, uh, does a lot of research for that show. He's a huge belt. Mark has his own Patreon. He's fantastic. And uh, I'm a big fan of his work. He says, Eric, what did you think? And being a belt Mark, you'll understand the question. What did you think of TNA recycling the big red belt and giving it different names regularly? It debuted as the Legends title, then the Global title, then the TV title, and later the King of the Mountain title. It broke my heart being a belt mark. What did you think of that mess? I think that's the red title belt we saw Devon have on earlier in the show. Yeah, I, I, I got to be really honest here and tell everybody, <laughs> I just really wasn't into belts as much as obviously some people are, Conrad included. Right. Um, 
probably should have been, admittedly, it should have been more important to me than it was, but it was often one of those things that I just didn't pay close attention to, to be honest about it. But you got to admit, you are impressed when you walk into his office in Huntsville, aren't you, to see what he has? Yeah, I mean, it is quite the collection, and there's so much history behind it, it, and there's stories behind it, and I think that's what makes the collection and people that collect belts. Uh, I get it. I understand it. I just, yeah. At the time, it wasn't a, yeah, you were busy with other things. Uh, Adfreeshows.com, Enhancement Talent, Brad Bell asks, Eric, what was it like working with Nick Aldis back in the Magnus days? You were just talking about how you were talking to him. Have you kept up with him during his NWA run? This is hilarious. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a big fan of his. Thank you. No, I, I, you know, we don't talk on a regular basis, but uh, a couple times a year or once a year, we'll talk on the phone or if we see each other uh, at a convention, we'll certainly, uh, hang out and, and, and catch up. Um, it was, it, you know, it was an interesting thing with Nick, when Nick first came in, I think Nick would tell you this if he hasn't already, you know, Nick came in pretty cocky when he came into TNA. Um, and it, it was pretty obvious that he had a very, very high opinion of himself. And it took a little while, I think for Nick to get comfortable in his new environment. It took people like me a little bit of time to get comfortable with Nick. But once we, started working together, you know, and I first started working together primarily with when Nick was, uh, was working with sting and I was directing and producing a lot of the backstage stuff. We just kind of got synced up at that point and became, you know, pretty good friends after that. And I have a ton of respect for, for Nick. Uh, he's a, he's an amazing talent. He really is fully agree with you. I met him a few times and, and just seems like an all around great guy. Uh, ad free shows as we watch Jeff Hardy whisper in the wind on Samoa Joe. And, uh, for those watching along, we are at one Oh seven 33, 34, 35, getting ready to look for some hot tags here at freeshows.com. My push member Adro asks Eric, I mean this, uh, Oh, with all love and respect of you as a talent, a mind for the business and competitor, while you were at TNA, was there ever a time you thought we can compete with WWE and really got a shot at surprising people? Or did you know, hey, this is a paycheck. This company has no grasp of being a wrestling company. I watched Dixie's You Shoot live interview with Sean Oliver, and it was painful at how out of touch she really was with the reality of where TNA was. No, I, I, I did not think for a moment's notice that there was a, an Ice Cube's chance in hell that TNA would ever be competitive uh, with WWE. I had hopes that we could elevate TNA to become, uh, to, to, to get more viewers than they were uh, and to, to be able to maintain the position as a really important part of the spike television programming schedule. I thought we could improve upon it short way of saying it, but I never thought that they would be competitive ever, ever. Francis Reyes wants to know, do you still have the Rolex you were given and were you surprised you got it? I actually give it to my son. Nice. Yeah. I'm i I've never been a jewelry guy. If you're ever around me, you'll notice that I wear no jewelry, no necklaces, no rings. I'll occasionally wear the WWE hall of fame ring. If I'm, if I'm at a wrestling event, um, but in my everyday life, I have never worn jewelry. I, I wore my wedding ring for a long time, but I've got kind of busted up knuckles on my left hand. And now I couldn't get a, a ring on my left hand if I had to. Um, 
So other than my wedding ring, which I wore for a while until my arthritis and broken knuckles and stuff started acting up a couple of years ago, I don't wear any jewelry. Mm. I just don't. You know, I was given that Rolex and I wore it for a while because you know, it's a Rolex, right? But that's right. I just, just don't. And now, you know, with phones, you don't need to watch anymore. Just really don't need to watch. So now I wear no, no jewelry whatsoever, especially not that Rolex. I gave it to my son. Well, uh, we have, uh, let's see here. We have the final question, which is perfect timing. This match just wrapped up the tag champs one and it's Arturo, uh, Olivio jr. He said, Eric, who came up with Bischoff appreciation night? Uh, I don't know who came up with it, uh, per se, like so many ideas. If I said, as I've said so many times, hard to remember who individually came up with an idea because most of these things were collaborative efforts. I'm sure I had a lot to do with it because I really wanted to get myself off television. Uh, it was an opportunity to help get my son over and put an end to that Bischoff Bischoff storyline in an entertaining way. Um, so yeah, it was, I probably had a lot to do with it, but I don't know if it was my idea or not. Well, Eric, as we see this wrapping up, Kazarian and Daniels make their way back and attack Magnus. And uh, Samoa Joe do a, a significant beat down on their asses on the rampway, set up a further feud with them, I'm sure. But we are going to get into why we were all here. It's the Ric Flair hosting of Eric Bischoff Appreciation Night. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play the bulk of the audio for you because I can tell you there's some can't miss audio. Before we do that, let's take a quick timeout. Hit pause. All right. I just sent you an email. That's got three other commercials on it. Oh, holy. No, I, okay, go ahead. Nissan, Geico, okay. and Sheets. Oh, wow. Now, wait a minute. That's for 5 2. Yeah, that's, that's not this. That's next week. That's next week. Okay. All right. I just wanted to give us an opportunity to. You were scaring the shit out of me. Squeeze those in <laughs> if, if we needed to squeeze them in. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Ready? All right. Let's go. The moment is here, Eric. We're going to hit on pause. We're going to listen to some commentary. There's some Taz. He's ripping on your wardrobe. This is going to be fun. Let's listen in. For those listening, Nature Boy's making his way down to the ring. We're having a party. No questions asked. Oh, listen, who better than someone like Rick Flair to give a send-off for a man Like the uh, executive formerly known as Eric Bischoff. I mean, Bischoff lost everything at lockdown in Nashville, Tennessee. From his position here on Impact Wrestling to the actual use of his name in this business. And after 25 years in the industry, it is time to say goodbye to Eric Bischoff. And you kind of sound happy about that, Mike. Kind of sad itself because you want to see other people fail and be miserable in their life. It kind of shows who you are. But I digress. So you see, the deal is this: if you're Eric Bischoff, like I said earlier, you're on the cusp of 25 years. Your silver anniversary would be this August. Oh, you know what? Hold on a second. I'm what? I'm well. I'm well. I'm welling up. Can you pass the tissues? Oh. Tonight. We are gathered not to mourn, but to celebrate. 
And nobody alive knows how to celebrate more than me. Google me. <laughs> That's my wife's favorite line. <laughs> Tonight we celebrate Eric Bischoff. If you have any knowledge of the sport of professional wrestling, you know that he has been a major impact player. No pun intended. If you want, if you want this party over here. here. Look at Fly now. <laughs> Good Lord. And people wonder why I don't like wrestling fans. You are the rudest, most out-of-line people I've ever met. Without further ado, my friend and a man that has impacted TNA Wrestling more than anybody, Mr. Eric Bischoff. Please come on, Eric. Same chair, my dad, by the way. Get serious for a second. I'm very serious. I'm very sad. And, and you're sad. very sensitive, and I know that about you. And I know you've taken this the demise and the exit of Eric Bischoff. You've taken it really hard, Taz. I can only presume that you probably have prepared your, your own tribute. Well, no, I Eric at this time. Right ahead. Look, anytime someone wears two different colored denims on worldwide TV, you know that they're in a sad state. So I don't think it's a kick number one down. I feel the line of the night. I feel for the guy. I respect guys who, you know, who've been in the business a long time like myself, and you've been doing it for a little while. So I kind of feel for Eric. I really do. And it's good to see his friends. Led by Rick Flair, show that. Please take, please take the chair. I apologize. I sincerely apologize. I apologize, Eric. But I'm much better off when I'm telling the world what you have meant to me, the men in this ring, and hundreds of others that have had the honor of working for you. <laughs> this is great. Dixie Carter should be somewhere on her knees. Thanking you for the day you came to TNA. Even though, even though I don't like Hulk Hogan, you are the reason that Hulk Hogan is in TNA. And more importantly, you're the reason I'm here. And I can't thank you enough. 
these gentlemen right here all know what you've done for us as an individual. Is there, is there a woman in the audience that wants to go home and sleep with them? <laughs> Do you mind if I give it to some girl? Talk about a wingman. Anyway, thank you. I hope that you totally, as fans at home of Impact, appreciate what Eric Bischoff has done. The power, the wisdom, the man that was not afraid to cross the line <laughs> in developing television. Eric's getting beclumped for those thank that can't you. see this. And God bless. Anybody want to say something, Eric? Eric, this is a sad day for all of us. But I personally want to thank you. You've been like a father figure to me. You give me nothing but opportunities. Thank you. Thank you. In all, in all the excitement, I almost forgot. Here, Bobby. Nate. This is on behalf of us to you. Eric, we, we hope you wear that with pride and remember this. And I can honestly say, Eric, I have never, ever admitted this to another man before. But you are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> yeah, that's good. This is fantastic. Very hard to watch. Eric, as people are making their way down, man, who would have thought like 10 years before this, Ric Flair is leading this, uh, this ceremony only in wrestling, right? Oh, oh this is so much fun. So good. He's got that nasty JP. Oh, oh, hang, hang, hang on, guys. Here comes Garrett. Hey, hang on, hang on. Just a minute. Just a second. Just, just, just give me one second here. He just came out here. Couple of the guys, JB and myself, we were in the back. We were talking. JB actually came up with a really good idea. If this really is indeed your last night here on Impact Dad, we all wanted to contribute, pitch in, get you a little something from us just as a farewell gift. JB, you want to tell them what it is? You see, we all got together. We thought it'd be fun to contribute. And Eric, while that Rolex is nice, we thought we would get something more, well, symbolic of who you are. So while football has the Hall of Fame, while the Dallas Cowboys have the Ring of Honor, Eric, tonight we would like to induct you as the very first person in the TNA Shed of Shame. What the hell is a Shed of Shame? Bring it in. <laughs> oh, no. 
Look at SoCal Val. Like Vanna White. Oh, man, the hands. <laughs> the price is right, man. It's a good old fashioned corner party, folks. <laughs> oh, here we go. Your son comes right after you, and he's got you in a front face lock. He's a strong bastard, too. Oh, he looks like it. Dragging his father, Eric. Oh, no, no. Don't disrespect him. Come on, it's the shed of shame. He's going to be the first inductee. Oh, my God. This is awesome. This is so much fun. <laughs> I knew you'd love this. How humiliating on the celebration. It gets better. Formerly known Eric Look at JP. He's loving this. Can you blame him? That was a half ass Mansky bump, by the way. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you smell that? Oh, yeah, I do. It's, it's disgusting. Oh, oh look at the ooze off the back. Look at that ooze. Look at the ooze. Look at the ooze. Oh, gosh. No. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. This is the. Well, you know, Eric, he's always been known for, for stirring and this just proves it. <laughs> How humiliating. How disgusting. Oh. Someday my son is going to be showing my grandson this video. Way, Jay. And there it was, sir. Oh, that was tremendous. Tremendous. So good. So good. So good. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait for that with you. Okay, let's let us in. You got to tell us what was that? It wasn't shit. No way. What was it? Do you remember? I don't. I think it was some kind of like, uh, I think they went out and bought some big giant cans of chocolate syrup or something from a restaurant supply company. Yeah. Mix it up with something else and thickened it up and all that. But I'm not really sure, but. it was sweet. So, let, okay. JM J. Wagner says, how many times does your son Garrett remind you that he threw your ass into the shitter and tipped it over? It also, happens occasionally. It happens occasionally, but I'm sure after this airs and, and yeah. you know, now the world sees it again, um, it'll be a topic of. Are you there? Did I lose you? You lost me for a second. Hold on.
Shit, we're so close to being over. I'll wait. All right. Okay, I can I can hear you. I can hear you now. All right, you, you got me now. Let's start the question over again. All right. All right, J.M. Wagner wants to know, how many times does your son Garrett remind you that he threw your ass in the shitter and tipped it over? Also, <laughs> what do you think baby Wayjay will think of grandpa covered in poop? Well, uh, I hope he gets as big a kick out of it as I did doing it. I'm sure Garrett did, you know, being a part of it. But uh, I, I look, it hasn't come up in conversation, you know, in a while, but I'm sure after this airs, it uh, will certainly come up again, I'm sure. Uh, what did you think of this overall as we wrap up this week's show? Overall, I thought this episode, was a, I thought man. this was a good show. For you know, I did yeah, too. This is this is TNA. It's being shot in a soundstage. We've all learned as a result of the pandemic just how important a crowd is, and a soundstage crowd is not a wrestling crowd. All right, so three strike, two strikes against TNA right off the bat. But in terms of the actual content, the flow of that content, I think the open fight night. Uh, challenge i think was a really good uh advancement from, from tna's perspective in, in terms of the format uh it there were some great promos in there some great 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 otfs that i'm not going to continue harping on here because <laughs> we're at the end of the show That's but right. I, you know on a scale of one to ten all things considered given that it was tna in a soundstage i'd give this thing a seven or an eight Eric, you're, you'd be happy to know because this is good stuff. The final quarter hour, the Eric Bischoff going away party gained 44,000 viewers and, and took it to a 1.02 final quarter hour rating. Eric, always See, a, 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 the ratings. 1.02, by the way, a 1.02, by the way, is somewhere in the area. I'm guessing off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and see what the households and and everything looked like at, at 2012, but I'm guessing it was about 1.5, 1.4 yeah, or 1.7 million viewers. Yeah. The overall show was 0.99 at 1.45 million viewers, but your segment alone was uh, 1.02 that final quarter hour. So uh big, big yeah, pop, the big pop, the rating there at the end. Pop the rating. There you go. There you go. Well, listen, man, that was awesome. Uh Next week. A classic staple here of the podcast. It's Ask Eric Anything. Uh, Connor, I'll be back, and you two are, I'm sure, going to have some fun. Guys, throw your questions at us. You can find us on Patreon, adfreeshows.com, 83 weeks. Make sure you post questions there and on Twitter, on all the social media, and throw some fun stuff at Eric. Get to know him a little bit, and uh, he loves answering your questions. One of the most engaged uh, guys on all of our podcast platform when you talk about ad-free shows. And then, Eric, I want to make sure everyone's aware, Friday, May 20th, it's 83 weeks live in Oshkosh as Conrad and Eric will be in Oshkosh at the Time Community Theater for an exclusive live 83-week show. Tickets are $30 and are on sale right now at acwwisconsin.com. Eric, I know you're looking forward. You love those live shows, don't you? They're a blast. I ha I have so much fun doing them. You know, it's not the same as going out in front of ten or fifteen thousand people and performing. You don't get that same level of vibe, but you get the same vibe, just not the same level of vibe. And I miss it, man. It's it's we're gonna have fun. We're gonna we're gonna hang out. It's it's my pre birthday weekend, by Ooh. the way. So what better place to spend you know a pre birthday uh, weekend than state of Wisconsin? And as Conrad always says, it's the stories you'll never hear on the podcast. There you go. You get, to, 
you'll get pictures with Eric and Conrad. Just get to interact with those guys. It'll be a blast. The next night, very same place, May 21st, ACW Water City Wrestling Con featuring Eric Bischoff, Malachi Black, Dan Housen, The Godfather, many more. And you can get your tickets to that event as well at acwwisconsin.com. So make it a fun time. Say happy birthday to Eric and have a blast uh, with he and Conrad there at that event. Again, follow us, adfreeshows.com. So much fun stuff going on. Live events. Conrad's doing so many cool things. Watch-alongs. He just had Sabu and Taz on to relive their barely legal uh, experience. He's had Nature Boy on. So much going on over there. Check it out. We got Top Guy Weekend that's been announced in Chicago, Labor Day Weekend. You don't want to miss out on that. Uh, But that's going to do it for us this week, Eric. I had a blast being a part of it, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of this awesome show, the Eric Bischoff Send-Off Party. Polly, thanks for stepping in. Always good to work with you. Enjoy it a lot. want to remind the listeners, uh, check out Strictly Business, dropping Tuesday. That's right. show here on ad-free shows. Um, Listen, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he does, (laughs) you're going to love Strictly Strictly Business. See you next week, man. All right. On behalf of Eric Bischoff, this is Paul Bromwell, and this has been 83 Weeks. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.